If you get the dealer to modify your brand new car before you take delivery of it, does that avoid any scenario in which you trash your factory warranty? That's next. I'm John Logan from AutoExpert.com.au and I get new cars cheap. Australia only. Website. Card. Now, perhaps you're stroking your beard on your couch with your phone looking at four-wheel drive wanking chariots and associated modification porn. There's no shame, dude. We all do it. Except me. Is it a good idea to get those modifications done by the dealer and thereby preserve your factory warranty? This report is sponsored by NordVPN. I'm no IT expert, but I've seen enough, especially lately, about data breaches, scams and hacks to know that being online is inherently risky and potentially very costly. You don't have to be tech savvy to use NordVPN. It's a simple one-stop cyber security solution. One click and you are protected from hackers, malware and pop-ups across as many as six devices. Go to nordvpn.com slash AEJC now and you'll get three to 12 months extra time on any two-year subscription as part of Nord's 11th birthday celebration plus one more bonus month just for using the nordvpn.com slash AEJC link in the description. NordVPN is the world's fastest VPN and it only costs about as much as a cup of coffee every month to keep your data, your identity and your devices secure. NordVPN can also save you money because you can assign your virtual location to another country where, for example, flights and accommodation might be cheaper than they are back home. Same goes for streaming services. You can also access live sporting events and other content that may not be available where you actually live. That's a pretty small price to pay for cyber security, not to mention the potential savings also on the table. Go to nordvpn.com slash AEJC now to get a huge discount off your plan plus a free 11th birthday gift and all that additional free subscription time. Totally risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee. That's nordvpn.com slash AEJC. Link in the description. And thanks to Nord for sponsoring this episode. Dude, I get this question all the time, like it never ends. It's people who don't even own the vehicle yet planning the modifications, which is frankly not how you're supposed to do that. So I'm not going to humiliate this particular dude because that would be unfair. There'd be everyone else out there wondering why I didn't humiliate them at the same time. But I do want to share this question with you, and you can ask yourself in that, you know, stroking of the facial hair way, whether or not you're in this position. <clears throat> oh, note your review on the Pajero Sport, and it is a vehicle that meets most of my wants. Room capability, super select 4WD, reliability value. I'd like to know if you have any experience negotiating with a dealer to install any power chip mod in a new vehicle and still have the factory warranty. 
There seems to be many such plug-in type power-tuned chips, some seemingly offering warranties covering the car, such as the Torque Power Module Plus. Okay, here's the thing. If you modify the engine, so if you chip it or tune it or change something about it, something fundamental, you will trash your factory warranty. Like, you have to appreciate that the dealer is an independent retailer. The dealer might be a Mitsubishi dealer, but they're not Mitsubishi Motors Australia Limited, right? And the warranty attaches to MAL, Mitsubishi Motors Australia Limited. They're going to be the arbiters of that. So irrespective of who oversees the modification, who retails the vehicle to you, if Mitsubishi notices a critical modification to a car, such as a modification to the engine, and then there is a related failure that can be traced back or can be attributed to that modification, such as transmission shits itself or engine shits itself, something of that nature, then your factory warranty will no longer apply to that vehicle. You might have consumer law entitlements for which the dealer is answerable, but the dealer, he's there as the facilitator of this stuff, he's going to go to Mitsubishi, and if Mitsubishi sends someone out and go, they go, nah, mate, that's been modified, we're not covering that, then that's that. And then if the chip supplier looks at the modification and goes, well, that failure is not attributable to our chip, then you're going to be in this position where the dealer wants to brush you and both of the people, organisations, upstream from the dealer want to brush the dealer and say, no, not our problem, but it's your problem. You're the owner of the vehicle, you need it fixed and you're trying to negotiate or wrangle a solution from three entities that are far more powerful than you with deeper pockets to brush you than you. So let's say your transmission goes poopy in its trousers and you're in this position. It's a $15,000 retail price repair bill. The chip manufacturer, the rechipping, retuning service provider, whatever, says, nah, that's not down to our chip. That's a manufacturing defect with that shitty engine. And the manufacturer says, you modified your engine. It broke. That's not on us. What do you do, right? If you try and fight this in court, like the first two hours that you spend in front of your solicitor learning how this actually works, that's going to cost you a thousand bucks. You're going to need an expert report. So you're going to need to commission some consulting engineer who's got some specialization with in this case, transmission failures. And that expert has to work for the court. They can't really work for you. That's not how being an expert witness works, even though you're paying for this report. That's going to cost you several thousand dollars. And if you go down this path of fighting it, you might lose. You could well lose. You could have your day in court and you could have spent six, eight, ten thousand dollars pursuing this claim only to be told, nah, dude, that's on you by the judge. And then you're still looking at a $15,000 retail repair bill. So I would have to ask you 
Do you really want to open that door willingly and step on through? And is it wise to do this at the outset? Like you don't even know if you need a chip yet. You haven't even driven the vehicle in any substantial way. And if you know that its power production is inadequate for the roles that you're going to assign the vehicle to doing for you, then why not just buy a different vehicle? Like, is that not easier if the 2.4 engine in the Pajero Sport is not grunty enough for you? Maybe the V6 in the Ranger, in the Everest, same shit, different day. Maybe that's going to be better. And it's gruntier off the bat. It'll have more performance off the bat and therefore, being standard, the factory warranty will not be in question. But you would be in bed with Ford, obviously. And... Uh, well, I'm not sure that's something you want to do, but you would want to find a more powerful standard vehicle, would be my advice, if you know you need more power. But most people sitting on the couch stroking their facial hair, they just, they only think they want more power. They've got no objective basis for making that determination. Now, I don't want to trash talk, talk it, which is the product that our correspondent today was considering because all of these aftermarket chip type things are essentially the same. They do essentially the same stuff and in my view they walk up to the line of misrepresentation over and over and over and tell you a bunch of half-truths about their product. They say things like this which is on the Talkit website today. Quote, the Torquit power module uses less fuel yet creates more power by maximising the energy output from each drop. Okay? That's nonsense. Like scientific nonsense, at least in my estimation. And I'm saying this because a drop is not a particularly scientific measurement of fuel, obviously, but the energy in a particular control mass, like per unit mass of diesel for example it doesn't change you can't change the amount of energy in a standardized mass of fuel there are slightly different formulations of diesel and the combustion enthalpy which is the amount of energy released when you burn a mass a controlled mass of fuel varies slightly depending on the formulation of the diesel but you can't just put a magic product in your engine or on your engine and change the amount of energy that comes out per drop of fuel it just doesn't work that way okay you can't change the nature of the fuel for the record the combustion enthalpy of diesel is around about 44 joules per gram of diesel. It varies from about 42 to 46, depending on the formulation, right? They go on and they say, quote, the power module alters your air to fuel ratio for a more optimum mixture, increasing power and torque for maximum performance. You'll notice the pulling power instantly enjoying a far smoother driving experience. Yeah. I get that. That's exactly what they do. And I'd suggest that if you want to talk about engine tuning for dummies, then whatever the air-fuel ratio is, if you lean it out a little bit, like if you put more air in relative to the amount of fuel going in at a particular time, then the power, like the torque at the crankshaft, which equates to greater power, is going to increase. But there are a couple of problems with that. This is exactly what Volkswagen did with Dieselgate, right? So basically what happens when you do that 
is that the emission of pollution, specifically oxides of nitrogen, goes through the roof. And if you get a bit enthusiastic with leaning it out, so does the cylinder temperature, which is extremely bad for longevity. And I'd suggest that you can't be emissions compliant any longer and do that if you notice the difference. Like if the difference in torque slash power production of your engine is big enough to be noticeable, then it's extremely unlikely that the engine is any longer compliant with emissions regulations. And if you get found doing that, there's a dirty big fine for, for that. It's five figures in some states. So it's unlikely that you're going to get caught and prosecuted, but if you are, it's going to be extremely memorable. And if you've got a sort of ethical dimension to your conduct, then you have to say, if you live in a city, you've really got no business pumping up the noxious emissions in our built-up areas because pollution kills people. Pollution from vehicles is terribly dangerous and that's why we have emissions compliance regulations. It's not just to inconvenience the shit out of you. It's not just to manufacture an opportunity for the people who retune engines. And I'd also suggest that when manufacturers tune an engine, they do it in a really diligent way and they put a lot of time and resources into the process because they're in a, a sort of four-way balancing act because they all want to maximise their power and torque output and they all want to deliver fuel economy and they all want the vehicle to be drivable and that is a really broad subject because it means hot weather and cold weather starting capability and part throttle at medium revs performance and on the gas and off the gas and how that feels and it's a really nuanced uh, domain that sort of thing okay and then they want durability because they don't want the driveline components just going poopy in their trousers all the way to dingo piss creek because that'll be bad for reputation Okay, so they've got these four things, their power, economy, durability, drivability, and also the fifth thing, emissions compliance, right? They've got to deliver all of that shit, and it takes hundreds to thousands of hours, and then they need to go and prove it in the field by doing thousands of kilometres of testing per powertrain combination that's out there in the market. And what I note with these aftermarket retuning chip type suppliers is that they don't have the resources to do all of that kind of testing because they want to sell you a widget that goes into a Pajero Sport, goes into a Prado, goes into all kinds of vehicles that you would take to Dingo Piss Creek. So all of the Utes, your Tritons, your D-Maxes, your Hiluxes, your Fortunas, they want a product for all of them. And they don't have the resources to ensure things like durability, particularly things like durability. Now, in R&D, a manufacturer might have, let's say, a 500 newton metre input limit on a particular transmission. And therefore, the engine, one of the design constraints on the engine, will be not to deliver more than 500 newton metres, right? So if you take that vehicle and you put it in the aftermarket whatever, in the hands of some aftermarket retuning type, it will be fairly easy to get more than 500 newton metres. But 
in some situations, typically towing a big heavy caravan at 100 k's an hour up a hill in a high gear, it's likely to overstress the transmission, which will either break it or reduce its service life or just cook the oil sooner than the service interval, thus damaging it incrementally over time, blah, blah, blah. So I note that there are no statements on the websites of most of these aftermarket chip manufacturers about emissions compliance, durability testing, and that frankly, they're not going to cover you if your engine shits itself, and the manufacturers certainly won't. And even, you know, they'll make statements about warranties and things like that on their website, but I'd be very interested to hear from anybody who's had a problem like that, and the chip manufacturer said, yeah, sure, we will pay for that new engine because that's our bad. I have never heard of that happening. Now, on the FAQs for Torkit, one of the FAQs is, will a Torkit product void my warranty? And they say, quote, in most cases, no, it will not void your warranty. A pedal torque, pedal torque plus power module and exhaust won't affect your manufacturer's warranty. The module map leaves a mark on your ECU. For this reason here, it can affect your manufacturer's warranty. So does that just mean if your engine shits itself, they expect you to pull it out and just disappear it so the manufacturer doesn't know it's there? And that's why these other products won't void your warranty. But, hey, we can't do anything about the one that does actually leave some indelible mark on your engine ECU and therefore it does void your warranty because on my world, modifying your engine in any substantial way will void the factory warranty irrespective of who does it, the dealer or not. And here's the question that the beard strokers never ask, okay? Do you actually need more power and torque? Like, I just towed the heaviest load I have towed with the Triton. Okay, I've got a GLS Triton, uh, sorry, a GSR Triton, which is essentially a GLS with just a bit of fruit and blacked out, you know, Mighty Morphin Power Rangers uh, chrome effects on the grill. And I just towed my heaviest load with it, which is just shy of two tons. It was like 1950 or something. And I towed it on the freeway from roughly Newcastle to Sydney, which is about 130 kilometres, at least the way I did it was about 130, because I didn't go right to Sydney and I didn't go right to Newcastle. But it was a good enough shakedown run. The road was pretty um, rough in places. There was plenty of high speed and there's two big hills on the freeway as well where you get to tow the load at like 100. So did I need more power or torque? No, I didn't. And here's the acid test. Peak torque at for the Triton at least, which is also our correspondence Pajero Sport, is at two and a half thousand RPM in the diesel, right? And peak power is at three and a half thousand RPM. So this is the so-called power band where you're getting maximum mumbo out of that engine. And it's not the world's most spectacular engine, but it's okay. You've got to ask yourself, do I need more power? Here's how you tell. If you are using wide open throttle against a balancing load between two and a half thousand and three and a half thousand and you're bogging down and going backwards and you know the engine and the powertrain are not coping with the load, then yeah, you need more power. But if you're not doing that, see engines produce more power and torque 
when you do that with your right foot. So if you need more power and torque, do that. The problem is when you get to that and you're still bogging down in a particular gear, then you do need more power or torque or you need to slow down and change back so that you can multiply the torque a different way and just climb at a slower speed, right? That's just how this works, right? Most people who say, oh, yeah, I need more power, they don't need more power at all. This is just a fantasy, or at least it's disconnected from objective reality. And you won't know unless you own that vehicle. So until you have put this to the test, do not modify the vehicle because it may be completely adequate the way it rolls off the factory floor. And the two options there are, if you own the vehicle and then you expect it to do something else and it's not coping and it's a few years old, then maybe you should open the modification door. I'm not anti-modification, not by any long shot, right? I'm just anti-modifications for no reason because you've read some road test porn about some modification thing and then I want to do that. That's not the way to do this. The way to do this is to, is to identify an objective need for your vehicle to do something that it does not currently do. Now, if you don't own that vehicle and you seriously suspect that it is not up to the task to which you are going to assign it, then rather than open this warranty voiding door, even if it's only a potential but likely opening of said warranty voiding door, buy a different freaking vehicle because then you'll be able to use its standard and if the thing does go poopy in its trousers, you will not have to argue the toss or be caught in this ridiculous four-way between you and three more powerful entities, which would be you, the dealer who set up the modifications for you and sold you the car, and the supplier of the modification package and the factory, which is hell-bent. All of them going to be hell-bent on denying your warranty claim simply because of the asymmetry of power and, of course, the fact that it suits them.